0: game. I liked what they did with
1: it. Undertale's cute. I, yeah, I don't, I don't There's been a lot of horrible things going on with, like, spoilers and people not re- respecting Toby's request of, don't spoil this, please, and then everybody did. So.
0: Well, that's because it's the internet and you can't keep it under wraps. The only way you can keep it under wraps is if you uh, release it in secret and that way no one plays it. Exactly. So, if anything, I think he should have either planned that or made it the ending so disappointing that if you say uh, hey, this is the ending. People are going to be like, "What?" Nah. Mm-hmm. I liked Undertale for what it was. I don't like The Community, but that's just par
1: for the course. Yeah. No. I mean, it's kind of got the the um, Homestuck community type thing. Well, like it's maybe a little less cringy, but
0: yeah, it it's fell it fell victim, honestly, to really good ideas. And unlike Homestuck. The creator, I think Toby, was actually a good person. Yeah. So yeah. good ideas held by good morals and uh, really good like ethic, and then the fan base just crushed it. Like it didn't play the game for what it was. Effectively, is my problem with it. Yeah. Um, everyone seemed to say, "Oh, like it, Undertale didn't create it, but it pushed forward the." Really easy genre of, I can talk about games, and I can talk about themes in games that were very obvious, but everyone has an edgy 12-year-old inside them, so let's just bring up the, like, let's bring up the dreary a lot. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> oh, did you know that uh, uh, Tails, like, uh, uh, Sans the Skeleton is Nest from Undertale because he teleported away from Homeworld? Yeah, like, it's so fucking dumb. Sure. And... Yeah. There are undertones of it, obviously, but I think that's just Toby poking fun yeah. at over-excessive people, which is the entire point of Undertale. Yeah,
1: like, it, it definitely wears its own eyes on its sleeve, right? But, like, like when the, you start digging too deep. Like, <laughs> like imagine you've got a thin layer of ice. Yes. And on the top part, you got Homestuck underneath that, where the water is, you got Undertale. They're, air and water. It's just separated by a little bit, I get it, but like, come on, just don't don't start breaking through the ice when you don't need to, because that way you fall in and you drown and you die, it's cold. It also didn't help
0: that the Homestuck people saw Toby and was like, oh, Toby did stuff with Homestuck, so therefore I have to move forward with the fucking bothering <laughs> of about it. Phase two. Yeah, really. <laughs> I liked it because it shook it up. I shook the RPG formula, that was the best part about it, the story was... It was all right. It was very cute. Everything about that universe is very cute. And then Deltarune came out. That story was very cute. And it actually shook up the Undertale formula, which shook up the RPG formula. Hmm. Because every boss fight in Undertale was a mini game. Yeah, it was really cute. Yeah. And then every battle in that game was a bullet hell. And then they decided, okay, we're going to have party members in this one. One of them can't actually do offensive magic or skills at all and can't even, like, do the act. So you have to spend your turn as the main character telling this guy to act, uh, as an AoE, whereas you can only act on one person. So, for example, if you have three groups of enemies that all can be spared by the same action, you can tell your party member to use it, like, use that action on all of them, and then you can only use an action on one. You have a party member that's only set to auto attack, so you have to warn the enemies about this person attacking them, <laughs> and then they dodge their attacks for a little while. Like, it's a very cute system. Like, it, the, the attacks are dodged the same way, but it's gone out, like, the the actual combat system's been reworked for the most part. Yeah, yeah.
1: The whole party system makes a so, like, change. So, like,
0: there's really good game design ideas in this game, except I can't help but think that... The spirit of the game will be ruined, especially from people who are just hearing about it, like, oh, play this, blah, 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 blah. Like, I think it should be played once, at your own pace, at your own discretion, and then fucking dropped. (laughs) Keep it as a memory of, this was a good, quirky
1: game. I enjoyed, leave.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like, which I think is kind of the message in Undertale anyway, because a lot of it's like, why did you reset... Like, you, you had the happy ending, but I'm the bad guy, and you're telling me to erase all of this progress. Fucking sweet! Let's go, bruh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, Yeah, I've, I've, I've not touched, touched Delta Rune. I don't know. I don't know if I will or not. I'm. If you... It's cute to observe, but I don't know if I'd play it. Like, I can appreciate it for what it is, but, like, with the Undertale thing, everything came out at once in some sort of deluge. And I was like, well, I guess I don't really need to play this now. Yeah.
0: If you... it's It's a... It's probably less than two hours if you burn through it. Like, there's not a lot. It's also free.
1: Yeah. Like, there really is no reason for me not to. Uh,
0: I'm probably going to play chapter two and whatever other chapters come out, because I'm really interested in where the story is going, except for the, as I've said to you, the cop-out fucking, oh, by the way, (laughs) there's an evil person inside of you, ending. By the way, there's that tee-hee-hee evil person inside of you ending, but it's strictly it's... It's coded in such a language that only Undertale fans would enjoy it. Like, Hmm. oh, this character interacts with this character in this way, or nods to the previous game in this way, in a way that, like, you wouldn't understand unless you played Undertale, which I guess is kind of the community about it. And also why he didn't want spoilers, because, like, there's a lot of theming that he wants to go on. Yeah. Like, uh, for example, and I guess uh, disrespecting Toby Fox again, uh, King Asgore. You yeah. play as Toriel's son, Goat Mom. Yeah. Uh, and you go visit Asgore at the end of the game. Be- th- not It's an optional thing. You don't have to do it. He's running a flower shop, and on top of his flower shop is a uh, flowy like like the, the entire theme is Asgore is divorced from Goat Mom. Aww. Goat Mom fucking hates his guts.
1: Aww. Uh,
0: he runs a flower shop, gives flowers to you to keep... To give to uh, Goat Mom, uh, gives you a big old hug and like calls you sport and all that shit. Aww. Like he's he's trying to be a good dad. Um, on his desk is a big old flowy flower. And then if you go up to his room, it's just a fucking like bachelor pad. He has a mat for a bed. Uh, on his desk is like the seven flowers representing the seven souls he needed to achieve godhood. Yeah. So like there's a flower of each like primary color. And uh, colors in between because primary colors are like three, like, three, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just kind of sad. And then he says like, "Oh no, I've been working hard on keeping these up." Blah 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 blah. So you could have extracted from Undertale, especially because the way this game ends is you wake up in a closet with the party member who is overly aggressive, and that you have to teach that maybe killing everyone in sight's not a bad, like, good idea, not a bad idea. Not a bad... <laughs> uh, and there's like. Because it's all card-based, like, the enemies are based off of suits, Yeah. Uh, there's, like, a chessboard, and, like, there's cards scattered everywhere in the room you were in, and it's like several, uh, excuse me, several hours later, so it honestly just could have been, oh, this game was completely in your imagination, and the previous game might have been too, because it's a huge allegory for uh, Goat Dad leaving Goat Mom, Sad. and your brother going off to college that you didn't want to go, which was Asriel, because Asriel is name-dropped multiple times, ...finally remembered by the townsfolk and said, oh, say hi to Asriel when he comes back from fucking college. Yeah. So, it's it's kind of shitting on, like, everything you kind of hoped that Undertale... ...or that everyone kind of said Undertale was. Because Undertale, to everyone else, was, oh, there's such a deep story and meaning behind everything. And, like, made up all of these, like, grim and, like, grim dark and fanfic explanations for everything. And then this game says... Uh, just imagination. <laughs> mm.
1: Yeah. no, like.
0: Well, it makes sense as well, because everything's like... So, Undyne, the chick that throws spears in the first yeah. game, is a police officer. Yeah. Uh, and your teacher is a big anime nerd who's nervous about everything, and mm-hmm. Goat Mom's an actual kindergarten teacher. Mm. Sans makes an appearance at the end of the game, and kind of winks, winks, nudge, nudge, I don't actually know you but I'm a fucking jokester and could you please fucking visit my brother because he's a lonely fuck mm. type of thing. And you get to meet some of the bit characters who knows you and knows your brother Asgore and speaks with everyone in fondness but like, is very sarcastic about, oh, remember remember back in the day when you were like running around with, with Asriel and he didn't want him to go? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's just like... I think he's self-aware. I think Toby is nothing but aware of all the cringe that's going on, and he's just like, all right, here's what happened, motherfuckers. (laughs) Game theory this, because this is going to give you, like, a good six episodes worth of content.
1: Good.
0: And I don't know if he's pandering to it or making fun of them, which I hope he's making fun of them. He seems more self-aware than uh, the Homestuck creator.
1: Yeah, I kind of hope that's the case.
0: (laughs) I'm pretty sure it is, because everyone's kind of making fun of the fact that, like, no, this, this game didn't happen. Undertale did not happen.
1: What what Undertale? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I might give it a go. If anything,
0: the Undertale Undertale series is just a huge exploration of how much you can do with an RPG system.
1: Yeah, very, very cute romp through a very interesting system and world. Like, that's the best way I can describe Undertale. Like, the the, the overarching everything is just interesting. Incredibly interesting.
0: Yeah, and if you don't want to go to, like, the cringy parts, you can say, like... I don't know, everything's interesting. Like big fish lady that throws energy spears at you and he genuinely like genuinely will kill you outside of combat, whereas all the other RPGs will just be like, well, you take a little bit of poison damage, a little environmental damage. Now this guy will actually kill you outside of combat. Get Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's 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 subversion of expectations, which we all like. Like we like Doki Doki Literature Club because of that. Yeah. We exactly. like uh other game. <laughs> I can't think of it right now. Can't think of much. Wow. Yeah. Let's do the brain thing. Uh, no, let's not, because I'm going to spend way too much time thinking about a game that did the exact same thing. Fantastic. There's a lot of them. No, gear. Oh, yeah, Spec Ops. (laughs) (laughs) They're really pushing forward that, like, not games as art, because Spec Ops, games as art, except you should think about them. Yeah. Uh, Doki Doki was like, oh, you want to see these characters, like, succeed because they're cute, but there's one character pulling the strings uh undertale there's a lot of things you can do with a system but maybe you shouldn't obsess over it was the entire theme of that game yeah, yeah. Huh. <laughs> proceed to everyone obsessing over all three of these things
1: yeah, exactly <laughs> like I, I i love this weird indie period that we've been in for the past little while we've got these like little gems that come out that everybody freaks out over and i think like binding of isaac and super meat boy kind of started it and uh, then it just kind of Exploded from the air, I find. Like those were the the first I find real indie darlings of this era.
0: And then Braid came out, it's
1: like, Oh Braid. so you
0: like you like indie darlings, do you? You like overcomplicated bullshit? We'll <laughs> wait for this cloud for twenty hours. Twenty hours? I think it was less than that, but it was an absurd amount of time to wait for a cloud that could get a puzzle piece to one hundred percent the game. Braid. Yeah. Uh
1: Braid, Bastion. And uh, what, Transistor, I think, was the sequel to Bastion? Uh, indirect sequel, but yeah. yeah it had yeah. the same sort of style going on. Like, just some really neat neat indie games. And, like, I, I'm not going to say Five Nights at Freddy's is a good game, but that has a cultural impact, like, out of nowhere in a really short period of time.
0: I think it did really, really cheap, budgeted horror game really well, because the yeah. atmosphere of that game was really good. It's yeah. just as soon as it started going to 2 and then 3... It started getting really, really downhill. And not yeah. quality, but it's like... Freddy's 1 was all about resource management and stress. F- uh, 2 was... Okay, so how about twice as much and more mechanics I pay attention to? Yeah. And then 3 and onwards, I feel kind of diluted a lot of that. It started becoming a uh, more... Uh, more classic indie horror. And indie horror usually is bad. Yeah,
1: and like... The quantity of that came out way too fast. Like first two, I enjoyed, yeah, and then by the third one, I was already getting exhausted. Can you, I haven't even played the full. Can one. you blame the guy? That guy could literally copy,
0: like, <laughs> could have copied and pasted two, and make as much, if not more, money off of it. Yeah, like changing two names around and maybe adding one more mechanic.
1: Like he's definitely somebody who took what he had and ran with it very well. Yeah, he developed a very interesting story. I find throughout the uh, the the overall game theory, right? Like the the Bite of 87 and like we have a a pre-franchise and these springlock suits and all this fun stuff. A kid was murdered and like these spirits are possessing the... See, I
0: think... (coughs) I think he catered to that a lot. That's... I can't... I don't have any proof but with the way the story went I think he catered (sighs) To a lot of that culture, and that's why it was popular to him because a lot of people were freaking out over
1: the potential story, as opposed yeah. to what well, you see is what you get. He definitely seeded a good amount in the first game. Like, yeah. there's the bite, there's the kids murdered. You've got somebody like like the spirits and stuff. Yeah, uh, that's what
0: made it spooky was the yeah. mystery of it. Yeah,
1: so I think I think when he built Five Nights at Freddy's, he had a good skeleton framework. And that he was building on for number two, and then afterwards kind of like saw everything that it was kind of building and was like, oh, I need to fucking put some meat on this bones. who cares what kind of meat it is?
0: Well, number two had like, oh, here's like bad game design, but brilliant legend of, oh, here's Golden Freddy occasionally, and Golden Freddy will literally fuck your game up. Yeah, there was one. Yeah. Uh, Well, well, yeah, it wasn't one. Yeah. Because it had the posters. Bad game design, really amazing story to tell. And that's... What I think a lot of these game designers were going for was, so you play the game, you have your experience with it, you toss it in a memory somewhere, and then you ex- like you talk about it with people, and then you're like, oh, one time I clicked the poster and I got a golden Freddy, and you fucking murdered my game, and it's like you're full of shit. My game didn't have a golden Freddy. Well, yeah, you exactly. have to look at the posters. Like that's that's where all the uh, like hype and all of the stuff got, got yeah, when you pushed start up as the game. Doki Doki
1: did the same thing, right? Some people don't notice like some things that happen like change in the background. And sometimes it won't even happen in your game.
0: Yeah. Like, like the, that's uh, that's brilliant marketing all its own. Like I'm surprised it's a good way to bring people back. Yeah. Like uh, Undertale good example because oh did you know that uh, there are a lot of secrets like you can date the characters yeah. in a silly thing or in one particular spot There's a door that doesn't open, but if you wait an absurd amount of time, a random secret boss will pop up. Or if you, uh, near the end of the game, go all the way back to, I think, Snowden, there's a cliff that didn't have anything on it, was just a pretty scenery thing. There's also another secret boss that you can piss off. Hmm. Um, And even the genocide run, I don't think anyone naturally ran into the genocide or pacifist run, except for obsessives or hardcore gamers that they were making fun of, because the only way you can get the two toughest boss fights in the game were to obsess over all of the details. Yep. Um, Which one of them made fun of uh, following the game to a T too much, in that you couldn't die during that boss fight. And then the other one, the Sans fight, was just unfair and cheap for those who were unprepared. (laughs) Yep. Yep. so, like, it, it, it's game design and story that made fun of everyone obsessing about it, which is what I enjoyed about a lot of the games we talk about. Um, like, Doki Doki Literature Club, you can go through everything, and, like, the Monica secret at the end was just like, oh, thanks for taking such an interest. Like, that was that was a humble, genuine thing. A lot of the secrets in parade uh, were like, oh... You wanted to complete the game, you really, really want to complete the game, well, congratulations, you have to wait an absurd amount of time. You have to do very specific things that I'm not going to tell you anything about. How
1: much do you really want?
0: Yeah, how much do you really want it? There's varying degrees of how you can take it. There's appreciation, like Literature Club, and then there's absolute mockery, like, uh, like Braid. And then there's an in-between of, like, I appreciate it, but this is going to be a really weird, janky, pain-in-the-ass thing for you to do, but at least we're going to make it interesting in between, like, like an Undertale, for example.
1: Yeah. Um, Moving on with a similar theme, though, I do want to talk about. Have you seen anything from BlizzCon?
0: Uh, no, I do know that there's
1: an outrage about the mobile game. Oh. oh, did you hear any of the Q&A from it? Or, like, see any snippets? Because it was... Rough. <laughs> I heard they had the.
0: uh I, I. I. heard some stuff. I don't know if it's true. Like I heard they. They tried to like defend it and backtrack a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. So. Yeah. So for for those not in the know, uh, there is a Diablo mobile RPG coming only for mobile. Um, it's supposed to tie what happens between one and two together. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, they they announced it at BlizzCon, and then they had q and A Q&A session after the fact. <laughs> to which, people took their mic time and fucking ran with it. Uh, The first one was, like, the first big reaction, I guess, was uh, somebody came up and said, all right, is it only for mobile? Is there going to be a PC access to it or something like that? And they said, nope, nope, mobile completely, to which the crowd actively booed. The entire BlizzCon crowd booed the Diablo stage, and that's when they tried to save face and said, what, do you guys not have cell phones?
0: Yeah, I don't think open mockery was the way to go there, bud. <laughs> no,
1: no. Like, y- y- you, take it in stride, accept your faults, and move on. Like, y- this doesn't feel like a blizzard decision. This is definitely an Activision Yeah, Yeah, that, that was my next question of, like, what do you think this was? Oh, yeah. No, 100% Activision, right? Um, but later on, somebody else, I actually saw this one kind of uh, come up on my feet just normally without seeking it out. But somebody went up and asked, is this just an elaborate April Fool's out-of-season teaser thing that you're doing? <laughs> and I mean, I took them right off guard. Like, uh, no, it's a, it's a full game. Ugh, people are not okay with it at all. It's just so weird. There could
0: have been room for a mobile Diablo game, but only having it mobile... it Well... Traditionally traditionally blizzards always been like hardcore pc so everyone yep. i understandably pissed yep. um i don't i don't know much about it i can't say a lot about it but yeah. diablo is definitely a system to be exploited a lot so yes. the potential for exploitation and the potential just to like Dig up this franchise and toss it in a fresh grave is is definitely uh, definitely
1: there. The like the, the bigger problem was like they kept hinting something was coming from Diablo for a while, like for four months maybe I think I remember hearing something like oh Diablo oh I can't wait for Diablo BlizzCon like but why like why why is this year different like what are they announcing what's weird and a couple of people just assumed like oh yeah they're just going to announce it for Switch whatever but like you got to have some Diablo presence because it's BlizzCon. But then other people were like, you know, there's supposed to be a a Diablo movie or something that's being worked on or whatnot, so maybe there were going to be details of that, or, like, confirmation. Uh, No, mobile game. Hmm. So not only did it take a lot of people's... Like, I I don't think everybody had, like, high hopes going in, but, like, they they were going interested for something, Mm -hmm. and even then they still had their fucking hopes dashed immediately in front of them live. (laughs)
0: Literally, like... Literally, the only thing they had to announce was, "Oh, we're uh, you know making it for Switch. You know, here's the thing. Maybe, maybe some some new content, rare mob, whatever." And then
1: they could have just released the mobile game outside of BlizzCon. Well, that's the thing. Like, it probably would have been fine if they released it four months from now, with not much of an announcement or fanfare. Because when you start bringing in the fans to a live crowd with a bit of fanfare for the franchise that they love, and then you <laughs> that out.
0: It's the equivalent of. It's the equivalent of imagine a world where Kojima did that, like, just left Konami, and Konami was like, okay, so it's up to us to carry on the legacy of it. (laughs) And then everyone got into a crowd, like, oh, they're announcing something for for Metal Gear 5, that system, that's gonna be amazing. And then Metal Gear Alive was announced. I imagine that's the exact same thing. That just happened with Diablo in its entirety. It's just like, minus the whole celebrity game designer or uh, game producer going out of the market. But it's the exact same scenario of, here, is this your your exact expectation? Uh, it's something to do, yeah, with the system. We could have literally just copy-pasted Metal Gear 5 and stuck a really cheesy story on it. Yep. Honestly, that's what the series has been asking for, because mm-hmm. the most finely remembered one is three. Yep. Um
1: I don't know, they they made some three stuff, you know, you don't like Snake Eater Pachinko?
0: Well <laughs> it's still <a> weird thing. <sighs> Fuck's sakes. Um yeah, so that's that's it's just awful. I don't get why Because anything coming out of Blizzard would have its fans. Yeah. I'm fairly uh, certain if they just rebranded a, oh, it's a point and click them up kind of like this, it's a Diablo story, but it's completely unrelated to everything else, not an important event like the cross between 1 and 2. Yeah. Like, it could have just been uh, a side story or something to do with, with another group of characters or what the fuck happened to, like, the Amazon or the off-classes yeah. in Diablo 2. like oh, this is just a side story that takes place within Diablo 2, so there's still angels and demons running around, and maybe they're just defending their fucking home. That's an easy story to do, and it's easy to implement. Yeah. Like, the Barbarian is a continuation. Everyone else is new. And then you have, like, these people with already established almost backgrounds. Like, the Diablo 2 guys were legitimately just, we're going to plant you there. The only one with actual story was the Barbarian, because we actually go
1: to the place. Yeah. Yeah, like it's. Mm. If you like the Laura Diablo, this is this is also another big like in the face. That was a very loud clap. Actually, I was not expecting it to be that impressive. Maybe maybe you just wanted to test the mic. I did. Mm. There you go. Excellent. Test their ears. <laughs> um,
0: Are you awake?
1: <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, whew. It was a, it was a bit of a. Whew, 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 whew. Mm. And then other stuff from. BlizzCon, I guess. A Hearthstone expansion. Razik stands... I don't know, it's, like, it's an arena, I think. Yeah. A yeah. like, arena type thing.
0: But So like, it's like... It's legitimately TOC... Uh, uh, whatever the Crusaders one Yeah, Troll of the Crusaders. Oh, yeah, Troll of the Crusaders uh, expansion for Hearthstone was. But we're going to do it again because we want very easy themes... And uh, this time it's in Trist- uh, not Tristfield, okay, it's hates fuck my life. Uh, this time it's in. Fuck, uh, where's that place called? Thank you, Stranglethorn. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's uh, copy paste. Switch everybody to trolls. There you go.
0: Well, they do. Well, they, they are introducing like certain mechanics that are kind of obvious. Like I like Overkill. Yeah, it, it rewards you for like taking a 4 mana, 4 damage spell and saying, I have to kill this 2-2, two two, but I don't get rewarded for it because I'm wasting 2 damage. Yeah. Uh, this time, it's like, like even the weapon that gives you win fury quote-unquote, if you kill something with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I do like the overkill mechanic. I was expecting it to be kind of trampled, but then I read a couple overkill cards where it's like, yeah, deal 3 damage to this, and if it overkills, make a 5-5. Five five. Yeah. Like, all right, that seems dope.
0: Well, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's the like flanking strike designed well. Yeah. I don't know why it's six mana. Like it really should be five because yeah, yeah. But whatever. I'm not a five
1: I'm, mana five five seems fair with stapled with three damage. Yeah, like that seems really good. That seems over good. Yeah, I mean it would be pushed, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's like blowout potential.
0: Well, there's some board states where you have to trade, and then you got your board got you know, like your board's gotten rid of. In order to kill this thing and overkill it so you get your, your five five. So yeah. you have to plan for it. It's not like sweet, just fucking windmill slam a five five.
1: Yeah. I mean I would say it's potentially like a little bit more impactful than going, Alright, here's uh the four three for four spell like silence your crit- critter. Like that that's yeah. good. I think the fact that it has to overkill is the limiting yeah. factor, but whatever. so. I think if it dropped a mana or two, like I think that'd be fine. Even well, a four mana. Especially fine would
0: be because fine. they want to make archetypes from the zero three spirit things that they're giving everyone, and yeah. oh, it does three damage, so it's never going to overkill. Yeah. But whatever.
1: Yeah, so that's.
0: Hearthstone's a weird thing for me, because I do enjoy it. I do enjoy the randomness of it, but in the base game, like playing Odd Warrior, you're like playing Control or playing Aggro. It feels like you live or die by the draw on aggro, and Odd Warrior, you just always win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, tanking up, gaining four health a turn in this game, it feels a lot better than, like, magic, because you actually have things that technically heal you by just absorbing lots of, lots of damage. As well, Warrior right now just has a bunch of unfair, unfun tools to deal with. Yeah,
1: Odd Warrior's pretty fucking gross right now.
0: <laughs> like... Oh, here's this 3, 4 for 5, but it deals 5 damage to split amongst any amount of targets that aren't mechs. That aren't mechs. And you're playing
1: mechs. You're playing all mechs.
0: If you're not playing mechs, you're playing 1 health dudes or the thing that tutors... Like, not tutors, but adds a taunt to your hand. Yeah. Like, it's just depressive. Um, I've only lost, like... Actually, I've lost a lot with it, but that's because I'm a a fucking idiot. So I think... And the rank I'm currently at, which I'm not legend or anything. I think the highest I've ever gotten was like rank ten uh, this month before it all rotated. Yeah, so it's, um, but it's like changed over. I've I've won legitimately a lot, almost all of my games.
1: Yeah, I've uh, since the nerf happened again. I stopped playing Druid and went back to uh, playing Evenlock, and that just feels so gross. So like the nerf.
0: Made me so that I can't play uh, Giggling Inventor anymore because it's just too high of a mana cost. Yeah, Which, seven
1: drop sucks.
0: I'm surprised they didn't change it. The six drop it just removed it from odd
1: warrior in general. Yeah, like,
0: that would have been the ultimate nerf of odd. Uh, odd decks can't use it.
1: Yes, I mean I don't know if like definitely odd decks were using it when it was five drop. I now seven drop. I I I don't know. Druid take...
0: could still use it, and that's what makes me angry because Druid's already good. Like
1: yeah. But yeah, is fucking gross.
0: Regardless, um, I don't think I've ever lost a game because I always win in fatigue at least twice. And if I tutor out, not tutor fucking discover out a thing that adds stuff to my deck, I automatically win. Yeah. Like I posted nice. on Twitter about the guy who had fifty two cards yeah, in his deck. and decided to, to concede for no reason. His line of play was all right. I'm going to draw the rest of my deck because I have one card in hand. And then he drew nine cards and discarded uh, thirty nine. Why
1: would you do that? <laughs> that's, dumb. that that's dumb. Yeah, the thing I don't like about the that weird rogue deck too. Is if you shuffle spiders in, if your hand gets full, you won't cast the spider, which is stupid. Yeah, I could
0: I see where it's coming from because in the logic, you can't have ten card like eleven cards in hand, so. It decides... You're technically drawing the card. It's effectively the equivalent of a dredge card going into the graveyard. It has to see the graveyard, whereas this card has to see the hand when you, so you have to draw it. It's just a really weird, like... It's just a really weird thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, I built that rogue deck for a little while. Played a whole bunch of it. Went, like, 50-50. I was like, well, I'm not having fun with this. Probably, like, 40-60, really. So then I just went back to even lock, and I'm like... 90% win rate or something right now. Cardstone's weird game. I keep coming back to it
0: because I like it. Yeah, daily but for me. Every time I play it and look at the metagame, I'm like, wow, this is kind of boring.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, it's all, not unlike Magic, in which you keep seeing the same archetypes everywhere, which is fine. Like, a deck needs its staples. Also, that boy just
1: got rocked.
0: <laughs> is,
1: you see is, the like, amount 40. of counters on that, that? Yeah, full twenty-four damage. That was a lot. That was a lot. Um, we got modern running in the background. Grand Prix Atlanta. Hardened scales just hit for a lot. <laughs> yeah.
0: Speaking of card games, <laughs> but at the very least, for some reason, Hearthstone always feels the same. And I think it's because I'm more experienced in magic. But magic, you can see slight amounts of shifts a lot yeah. easier.
1: Yeah, like, Hearthstone stays consistent maybe a couple weeks after an expansion. Which is really
0: weird considering how much fucking RNG is in that game. It's it's the most, like, milk toast. It's like you have... Alright, alright. It's like white bread, but occasionally, when you buy the loaf of bread, it's double-wrapped for some reason. Mm -hmm. Or you find a raisin in there. No reason. Just a raisin in the white bread. Or when you go to toast it and you're prepared for your nice breakfast, you pop open the toast and for some reason it's garlic bread. <laughs> no one knows why. Like, why did the toaster make garlic bread? <laughs> but it's still red. <laughs> yeah. It's an I... interesting game and, like, there's a lot of fun interaction things with it. But in the random-based decks, it's either live or die. It's either you get the garlic bread, or you get the nice white bread that you're going to butter and have with your eggs and stuff. Uh, And then there's just some weird things that happen. Like, there's a consistent, oh, here's your loaf of bread. Sometimes there's a raisin in there. It doesn't affect how you eat the bread. You just take out the raisin. (laughs) It's a really weird analogy, but, like,
1: in my mind, it works. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, the difference there is we're not playing the Eternal format so you're playing, like, the standard format in that. So if we switch to wild, I'm sure we can see those little meta shifts like we do in modern. If we switch
0: to wild, every bread you're going to have is actually the weird dried-out bread you use for stuffing. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, it looks awful, but, like...
0: That's because, like, there's no filter, no, like, lack of broken combos, which I assume would happen as soon as Magic says, lol, there's no ban list now. Which is
1: kind of the problem, to be honest. Yeah, I... I mean, modern right now is like the fuck. It's in an amazing place. I don't care what they say. Like fucking, they, there was there was there was qualms about ancient stairs potentially being banned. But yeah, when like last we played Magic, it's like when was the last time that anything with that card in the deck actually won something big? Like there was hardened scales maybe a couple weeks ago. Tron does well, but like it doesn't win the top eights ever. So I don't know if that that card's really worth banning anymore. I don't know. Scales is a trap of a deck, I think. There's
0: a lot you can do to kill it, just a lot of people don't run the same tools because they're trying to
1: run their own trap. It's an incredibly good aggro deck, but yet if you sideboard for it, there's nothing they can do.
0: Uh, In response to the uh, modular triggers that you just put on your only unblocked creature, I'm just going to kill the creature. Yeah. Cool. Destroy an artifact kills the deck. Yeah. Oh, you have oh, all that welding. stuff
1: on the stack. Sweet upgrade. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> like that's why they run welding jars and like yeah. oh I'm gonna sack the welding. Like even my my dream is they have 18 damage on board and it's an unblocked thing and the only way they can get their extra counter is to sack the welding jar. <laughs> like. Oh, well in
1: response to the sack the, the modular trigger. <laughs> oh boy. I, I want to do the play of a braid, they sack the rolling jar, and I'm like, sweet, Snapcast, the other was in the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. that's a easily solved deck. It's just no
0: one plays that hard of a removal.
1: No, like I'm I'm loving my blue red right now. It's got two braids in the main for shit like that. But uh, fucking so yeah, you weren't there last modern. I made the turn four dream happen with that deck somehow against Tron of all things.
0: Well, that's that's
1: the deck you need to go turn four on. So I just turn two thing in the ice, turn three thing in the ice end step, bolt, untap, bolt, 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 flip, double swing. Like, oh, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> Eat burn, motherfucker! Or was bolt, bolt, opt or something like that. Yeah, It was just stupid. Like, you, you lose. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why burn's good. Yeah, right? <laughs>
0: Um, no, no interaction on board, just... This card says three damage. Literally, my
1: hand was two op, two bolt, thing in the ice, and, like, two land. I was like, yeah, we fucking go. Yeah. Cool. And then I drew off off the top. I was like, all right, yeah, we're fucking good. We don't use these ops. We save them to flip. We just run out of land, fetch whatever, cool, put a thing in the ice, thing in the ice. The thing yeah. I'm kind of obsessed
0: about thinking about right now is Shrine of Burning Rage. That curd surprise surprise super name. fucking hot. Yeah. For a two drop that red decks will just say sick, that's uh seven
1: damage? That's better than three well two bolts. Not three yeah. bolts. Three bolts is nine. Three bolts is nine. But like one card. One card cash and three mana that just sits there. If Dredge
0: ran more three mana spells I or er, ran more red spells and cast it off the top, it would be better than anything. Because then you can just do 12 damage by milling yourself. It's kind of a shame, to be honest, that you can't run, like, mono-red dredge, in which you're only casting red spells, but you're discarding all of your dredges. That's a fucking dumb deck, don't do that. I
1: uh, (laughs) I don't know why I even thought about that. So, one thing I actually kind of want to do now after watching it again was play uh, the blue-red taking turns deck. Because I have almost every other blue-red deck in the format, why not? Fucking add another one on top. You're a big fan of the purple. I I'm very, I enjoy the Tempo games.
0: I enjoy, like... See, I like purple for an entirely different reason. I like purple... You're wearing games. a shirt. Yeah, no, I am wearing a shirt. <laughs> that, it's good fashion, first of all.
1: Um, <laughs> He's wearing an Issa shirt, which is the red-blue colors of, of the, uh, the, the, the Magic World, I guess.
0: I like it because it combines... Which is just essentially I'm describing Tempo. It's what I'm doing. I'm describing Tempo. Yeah. Uh, you have counter spells to annoy your opponent from killing like killing you and then you have the red which is my favorite portion of it to run them over. Yep. And then anything else you splash is just gravy.
1: Oh yeah. Like,
0: oh, I, do you want the shrine of burning inquiries so that half your deck turns on a 10 damage nuke eventually? Sick. There you go. You can even counterspell the thing that wants to kill it. Yep.
1: Yeah, running like just the concept of counter spells plus burn to me just it just feels so good.
0: So, like, the thing that beats it is trying to trick you to remove all the bad things, and really you can without much consequence because of a boy named Snapcaster?
1: Yeah. Snapcaster, your boy? It's your boy! It's your boy! Uh, yeah, there's... Even, like, any iteration of Blue Red I've loved. Like, the, the aggro wizards still had the tempo play, like, stifling someone's Field of Ruin was just so good um replaces itself counters the i destroy your land ability they lose a land you draw a card so good um that yeah or uh vengevine triggers like oh yeah put the vengevine on the field no 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 we can't have the vengevine you just spend a lot of creatures cash them in for nothing and you have one card in hand that is not going to help you it's a land all right cool (laughs) in with wizards
0: i think the game moving forward especially in modern being the eternal (laughs) format I think the interesting out there decks are the ones that are going to pull out the next, like, you must own this deck thing. Like, yeah. there's gonna not, there's not even, like, a new interaction. It's going to be something that people just forgot about, came out of nowhere, and said, wow, this is actually a good thing that you can do on turn four to five. Or, like, that can stall out a game. I, I'm fairly certain there's a lot of underutilized
1: thing because of the nature of card games. Yeah. Well, Arc Light Phoenix, that just came out too, and that's another one that took things by storm, even. Haha. <laughs> um, yeah, no, fuck off. <laughs> mono red or even uh, blue red versions of Arc Light Phoenix look really, really good. Like, the, the, the card itself, I was not sold on, and then I saw it in five decks, and I'm like, alright, maybe.
0: <laughs> well, even the creature base that's like, you put it on the field and you say, go ahead. Answer it. I'm just going to gain value for every turn that you don't. Yeah. It's um, a
1: 3-2 haste flyer that, when you cast two instant sorceries on the beginning of your combat, it comes back from the graveyard. That's not hard to do. <clears throat> no. Especially when you go bolt, bolt, take six, get a 3-2 flyer, up to, like, four 3-2 flyers in. He just controlling the
0: board, really. Like, yeah. oh, here's my stuff. I'm controlling the board anyway. Yep. The, the thing is, it's a win-more card that... It's a win-more card, because you're protecting your board you're just removing all their stuff you're interacting and then by interacting you have this uninteractable combo of oh sick comes out of my graveyard swing at you well that's
1: another thing i love like blue red for like you there's like thing in the ice pyromancer arclight phoenix things like that even gutter snipe even though it's not played like i just love those types of cards where you get value for playing the deck how you want to play it just by it sitting there because Pyromancer, you get 1-1s for going... No, Counterspell that. Oh, look at that. I got a 1-1 now. Like, uh... Guttish Knight take 2 damage. Arclight Phoenix, you want to Cast Opt, and you want a Bolt. Sweet. You did that both. You get a 3-2 flyer.
0: Isn't it crazy that big bodies on the board are actually starting to come back? In that all revler is is a Bolt Test Passed creature. Yep. That also draws you cards, but you have to dump your hand in order to get the maximum value. No one really cares about that. It's a 3-4 th- that doesn't die to bolt. Yeah. That's the most important part about it. That's all anyone ever plays it for. And then you draw three cards. And if you're a burn deck, that's a plus. And if you're any other deck, that's a... That's okay.
1: I mean, yeah. you're You're only going to play it when you don't want the cards in your hand. Getting uh, Ancestral for two red feels so good. And then it comes stable to a 3-4 body with prowess. Whoa. Bedlam Ribbler is such a good card right now. Then <laughs> you mix it with dumb bullshit, like,
0: Shrine, and there you go. Yeah. Not only do you have a 3-4 uh, that keeps getting bigger, but if you let us cast spells and you spend all your resources on killing that, guess what's also coming for you? Yep. 10 damage, tap your... Like, it's, it's so dumb. It's so sick. I have a feeling something like that's going to be the next big thing. And I really fucking hate the mono-red, like... Uh, what is it? Steam zealot?
1: Steam venter I just put it in the binder. Never mind. Um. To, to
0: me, it's like storm because all it says is uh, it's essentially like prowess, except it's counters, and then you remove counters that get mana, and then you use that mana to cast and draw like draw stuff. Yeah. But I don't like it because there's way too much like draw reliance on it.
1: Yeah, like, there's no real way to... Well, Risk Factor makes makes a big help, but yeah, there's no real way to kind of refill your hand to get the best value out of it.
0: Like, I feel like <clears throat> that card should just not be its own archetype. Like, yeah. I think if you want to do that, you might as well just either play Burn with the Phoenixes or play a creature-based deck that it supports. Because can you imagine turn two you're casting creatures as it creatures or it's like done red creatures? spells red spells just yeah. red spells in red general spells. sick so play it on turn two and then if it doesn't get removed cool bolt it yeah <laughs> I,
1: sick yeah bolt it myself yeah, exactly <laughs> I just yeah, it's it's one of those things that like, all right, that's a neat thing, but again, when I play tempo, I've probably got a bit full of electrolyze and bolts, right? Like that's not gonna stick around for very long. Oh, okay, cool response to putting the trigger like the the thing on there, evaporate it. Bye. All right, now you've lost your potential mana sink for what else you have in hand, and you've lost your big creature because it can go up to a four four. I'm just
0: about to say, what if? There was an answer for Emrakul for aggro decks. I just realized there is, and his name is Crater Maker. Destroy target colorless permanent.
1: What's, what's Crater Maker? Is that the Crater
0: about? Maker is the two drop goblin that you pay one, sacrifice it, and it just kills a colorless thing. Is it colorless? Colorless. Wow. That's why it's played in Legacy. Yeah. That's. Really good. I've never thought about that interaction, but now we can kill breach decks by just having it. Straight you have target, to bolt
1: it. Colorless non land permanent.
0: Yeah, that's insane. We we have a way to kill Emmercool in the meta right now, and that's fucking crazy. Besides obviously like board wipes and stuff, but all the good Emmercool decks make it swing.
1: Yeah. No,
0: that's that's actually really neat. I love that. Could you imagine a tempo deck with that in the sideboard and you say I My my game plan is going turn four and beyond, just countering and bolting you, and then deciding, I'm going to sideboard in this kill your Emmercool creature, and then my entire game plan is now waiting for you to play Emmercool to kill it. Yeah. Like,
1: I mean, I, uh, that's why I love humans, right? Because you just sit back and go, alright, alright, breach me, I don't even care. Emmercool, sweet, tap vial, reflector mage, back in your hand, fucko. Like, shit like that is just, yeah. mm. Mm. Love it. There was the one time the first time I played humans, I swapped decks with uh, Evan that one time and he played through the breach. And as soon as he was like, Emercal, I'm like, "Ah!" (laughs) nah, Reflective Rage, I was like, all right, that's why I want to play this deck now. Asshole shit like this, and then I've never seen the Breach again. I think
0: I'll change my stats on what I just previously said in that I think the weird interactions are what's going to be the next big thing. I think playing safe is the next big thing. There's a lot of answers to everything, and you could definitely say. I'm going to play this deck, I'm going to design this deck to make sure it goes beyond turn 4, and here are all of my tools to do it.
1: Well, like, fair decks are still really good. I was, want, like, um, these are not fair decks playing right now, yeah. but uh, Raid Duke is, like, 12 and 2 or something like that, with green, black, mid range, which is just Liliana's, Scavenger news tarmagoifs, and Grimflayers. Like, with the way
0: it's going... Even though there was already a few unfair cards printed in uh, guilds, such as Creeping, Creeping Chill. fucking Chill. But if they keep pushing, like, this narrative of, oh, let's have answers for everything, and let's make fair decks fair again. Uh, it's, like, a few cards away from having fair decks be top, like, tier one in the meta. And that's really funny to think about, that yeah. we're slowing down modern
1: simply by printing good answers to shit, which is what we needed. Yeah. And... Yeah, even with the influx of uh Guilds of Ravnica cards, like I don't feel it really pushed anything out. It just made new decks or other decks better. Like tier- Dredge went from like tier 2 to 2.5 all the way up to tier 1. Immediately with Grim That That is a tier 1 deck. Fucking fight me on it. I don't care. It's amazing now. Well, it does. You start s- your game with 8 life against Dredge, you're fucked. <laughs> it's it's kind of amazing. Like it's kind of amazing. Yeah. I'm very happy with it. The fact that you get free heal... Again, like the the thing I said with Pyromancer and Thing in the Ice and stuff, you get value for doing what you want to do with the deck. So you helix for free because you want to dredge because that's the whole fucking archetype of your deck. Like, that card is busted. Even if it was two drop, like we mentioned, like if it did two damage and you gained two health, it would still be played. Yeah. Well, it's,
0: it's a 16 like difference.
1: Yeah. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous fucking
0: card. In a format... Which you're incentivized to kill on turn four while killing yourself. So good. I
1: it agree. throws
0: off the Storm Tempo game, which is your weakest matchup. So not only do they need the Storm, not twice as hard if you get lucky, but they still need the Storm, like, 50... They need to put 50% more spells on the deck they, or yeah, guarantee they
1: your remand. They need to dig that bit a little bit deeper, right? Which makes it, like... Big stretch. Have so much more game.
0: There's lots of neat interactions, and I can't wait for a deck that's effectively, yeah. Let's just cheat out the sixteen sixteen that they printed at Standard a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Like it's either. it's a good fucking creature, and it can be protected with green white shit. Yep. Like, could you imagine a deck in which the entire point is the sixteen sixteen, and then you have a bunch of the white protect your shit shit. What was that called again? I can't remember, and I know it exists. And I feel like I'm going crazy, because I, I, I can't remember what said it was from. I can't remember if it was from Ixalan or from... Uh, the 1616? Yeah.
1: It's from uh current one. Really? Yeah. Huh. It's not even on here. Oh my god. <laughs> Alright.
0: I keep calling it, like, Gigantodon or something. Like, I feel like there's a thing word that means big in the name... Greater, whatever. <laughs> greater Gigantodon. Impervious
1: Great Worm. There we go. It's a fucking 16-16 for 7-3 green. Which makes it.
0: was Isn't there, like, the also the 10-10 for surprisingly cheap? Like a 10-10 for 6 or something? No, oh, Gigantosaurus for, like, 5. <sighs> See, I was expecting, like, elves yeah. to immediately pick that up. 10-10 for 5. It's really easy to play. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, the thing is, you can, in, in current standard, you can go turn one elf... Turn to a uh, Steel Leaf, uh, or turn to um, more war Elves and something else, and then Gigantosaurus into Galta, because that one is, it's 10 and 2 for a 12-12, but it costs X less, where X is total power of you control, and if you have like, a Gigantosaurus out, it costs 2, which you can have on turn 3.
0: That's fucking <clears throat> nuts. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or, well, even if you have a Steel Leaf Champion, that's 5, 6 untap you've 7 8 9 10 yeah if you play a a land or something like that or if you play another Steel Leaf champion it's it's stupid it it's gives stupid.
0: fair decks a lot of like because that's never going to be bolted. that's either return path. the hand in which case you can just play it again yeah that's a path or that's a uh one of your four like uh, assassin's trophies and then you're getting a land so you can play more of them yeah yeah
1: and the uh the great thing about the sixteen sixteen one one is it's indestructible so you have to exile it. See that? Like, I'm
0: so glad at the same time that you can make a fair deck fair, but I'm also glad that motherfuckers actually printed another path to exile effect that's not in white. Because mm. that's surprisingly limiting that one
1: weight. The yeah, the the fact that like they they whew, they really fucked up once with the BioBox box promo, and I don't think they're gonna do it again. Because wow, Nexus of Fate was a bad, bad plan, and I think a previous Great Worm is kind of the the perfect level of here's some chicanery without being oppressive. Yeah. Because I like I've mentioned it before, a Nexus of Fate, it's whatever, fucking it's like a seven mana take an extra turn. Oh, it's instant. Oh shit. Okay, we got to reconsider because that's that's rough. That is
0: real rough in standard. It matters in modern. If you're playing that archetype
1: anyway, and in it's modern, not it's... even in taking turns, yeah. Which I feel like it could have a place because in taking turns, you kind of want to make sure you don't deck yourself, right? Yeah, you got to find a way to kill, and it's usually well. I guess if you just get good to keep hitting with Snapcaster Mage and just take the. There's a lot to that decks yeah. that I want to do. Yeah.
0: There's a lot. There's a lot to magic right now. There's a lot that you can you can play a safe deck and reasonably do well. Yes. You're not doing as well as the, uh, the decks that either are brain dead or that want to chance it out. Like need to get the perfect hand the wind like storm or something else. Yeah. Um. And then like greentron, I think, is a good example of a deck that's trying to play it safe. And could lose because he's getting a bad beat, but still is very consistent. Like, I I played Land Destruction effectively against it. Yeah. And it still got Tron seven ways the fucking Sunday. Uh, and that's all it did, was play Tron, and then here's Ugin. Good job.
1: Yeah, that deck. I was very happy I beat that with uh, the, the blue-red deck, but that... It's still fucking... It, like, I, it's one of the weird... This is not a fair deck, and it's always doing well, but, like... The hate isn't enough for it. So you can ban something, but it's not... Pr- like, I don't know. It's a, it's a very weird deck right now to me.
0: It boggles the mind that they printed a card that gives everything indestructible and proof in a format that desperately needs more board wipes. Yeah. Like, and I say desperately needs, but if you play a, like a thing that goes wide and dodges the most popular board wipes, such as the only one that really gets played, which is Anger of the Gods, then you're fine like, oh, sweet, give everything, uh... Even weird cards that give everything, like, oh, zero, 3, and then Hexproof and shit. Yeah. Like, that That legitimately dodges the most powerful board wipe right now. And I think the only other one that gets played in, like, slight amounts is, uh, Supreme Verdict.
1: Yeah, Supreme Verdict, Wrath of God, still seems play in, like, the, the heavy control decks.
0: Yeah, but, like, that's heavy control, you're expected of that. Yeah, exactly. And,
1: it's, yeah, it's a very, I like the format. <laughs> I'm really happy with the format right now. The bees deck. The bees deck. The like, bees deck
0: that could legitimately bring back Lava Axe. Zach was, ooh, he was elated. That boy loves his Lava Axe. Just Lightning Axe a thing instead. It's so much easier. But, like, you could also go fixed the Lava Axe. You could say, sick, I've swung in with all my bees and I have four meta up because I just played the worm that made bees. Not worm, Hellion. Yeah. Almost the same thing. So now I get the lava Axum for five because he already took fifteen from
1: bees. So dumb. So dumb. <laughs> I admit it's fucking dumb. Oh yeah, I I mean I'm I'm happy. I'm happy that like weird shit like that exists. And in fact, like that the thing that I sent you was Reed Duke playing against it. Yeah, um, he was so like
0: <laughs> that. That okay. boy is patient.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that guy. No, so, like when when Reed Duke popped on the stream the entire time, I was like, oh bless this boy. <laughs> 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 they yeah they they love him and it's in a weird world where magic is kind of has like a very peculiar spotlight on it. It's uh it's good to have bastions like that. Like uh, I guess uh, fucking Berticini is potential for top eight here as well, and he is well known cheater. Like I don't know why they keep letting him play. Ban his DC like he's actively cheated and made the game worse, and they won't straight up ban him forever. Which is just fucking, I don't know. But then you have other people who like, like Todd Stevens. I wanted to love the guy because he's like he always comes in like a fancy dress. He sits down. He's a stand-up gentleman. Sexually assaulted somebody, like goddamn. And then he like he gave up magic or something like that. Or no, no, he didn't give it up. But he got he got knocked out of everything. But somebody else um, did a cheat. At some point, And yep. then he's like, you know, what, I'm going to take it on the nose. I cheated. I, I don't know what was going through my head. I'm going to give up magic. I asked him to not have me in events anymore. Like, just, I can't play magic. Sold out my collection. I'm done. Mm. Like, that is fucking grace, right? Well, like... Yeah. I mean, it's it sucks that you felt like you had to cheat. But, like, if you... that That is how you accept and move on. Like, you cheated. You got caught. Like, fucking... Just, fuck off, man. <laughs>
0: Does Magic need more, like, personalities to make the game, like, the, the, the competitive game interesting to
1: non-Magic players? I mean, if you, f- y- you gotta follow the thing to find the personalities a lot, yeah. right? Like, you know about basketball personalities because of just, like, how much hype it gets. You know of certain game f- uh, personalities because of, like, you know, it's yeah. if you follow the games at all, whatever. You have to follow Magic, I find, in order to kind of get... A couple of like real names yeah. locked into your brain. Um, like day nine, I think is one of the better bridges in between because people kind of know him from other stuff that he does. But he loves magic and well, he does a lot of magic stuff. He's so. still a lovely guy, no, really. Day yeah. nine's fucking great.
0: Like they, they lost Kibler, yeah. And Kibler, I really like. <laughs> um, I mean,
1: he's got a play mat of him in a fucking suit laying down on a bed. Like yeah. that's fucking peak brilliance. <laughs> but well, yeah, like you get a lot of people that are kind of swapping back and forth. Between Hearthstone and Magic, right? It's weird. But yeah, I can like I can name a lot of... Is that a fucking Bitter Blossom right now? That is a Bitter Blossom. He's playing Fairies. He's is is playing Fairies. He's got a, a Viserys here and a fucking... What is that deck he's playing? Bridgevine versus Fairies. Oh, that's a Bridgevine. All right. He's 12 and 2. Fairies is 12 and 2 right now. Because fuck it, why not? Exactly. Like, when that is a potential thing... Like, like somebody was like, oh, is Reed out of top 8? Like, people love Reed. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Yeah, when when like you have shit like fairies, in the potential for top eight, like that's just crazy. Like the the format's insane right now. I think the format will be
0: at its best again when like there's a deck that competes that's completely not filled with staples. I well, think yeah, like I, I think like a fair deck that the only staple that is in it or maybe lands because of course you need to support your yeah mana
1: base is expensive but like they keep reprinting it. Yeah. So that that's nice.
0: Well, the shock lands are especially welcome because yes. the most expensive portion of the lands are uh, shocks and fetches. Yes, yeah, just keep
1: fetches. reprinting shocks and fetches. Flood the market with shocks and fetches. The, the, the fetches
0: happy. are expensive because fetching a red or a blue source as opposed to one or the other is super good. Yeah, yeah.
1: You need like if you're on a three color deck, if you don't have perfect mana fixing, you're going to die. So yeah, when it when it comes to modern, if a deck comes out that is just like you can build this and play this competitive modern deck for 200 bucks or something like that. Yeah. I think that would get a lot of people into it. The thing is, like, when a deck does well out of nowhere, like Kraken McCremator, for some reason, that got, like, top 8 or the 5-0'd in a modern event. It's because people,
0: I think a lot of spiky, like, spikes, uh, play everything to, okay, so. Spikes Probably are people okay.
1: who like competitive magic.
0: Yeah. Competitive magic and competitive people uh, will follow those trends because they think it will. They think it'll make everything go up in price. Yeah. So they're like, all right, I'll make a return on my investment if I don't like the deck. And the problem with that is I, I don't know why people have this conception of, oh, this will be really good because it top ate it. Yeah. But you're not considering anything about the game at all. Yeah, like, he you're, ne- played you're against. like
1: Somebody playing mono-blue wizards without, like, muta and shit.
0: You're net-decking, but you're
1: not thinking. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sure, he 5 would but I'd like to see every single one of his matches. Um, Like, you could draw the nut four
0: times in a row. That's completely reasonable, oh, yeah. to be honest.
1: Exactly. Like, it's not... It's a game of random chance, too. That's why I can never, ever probably do anything like this. Like, I would love to go to a Grand Prix. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But, like, if I won it for some fucking reason they're like oh my god you've made the pro tour I'm like I no, don't wanna <laughs> cause like when when I tried to go balls deep into competitive I got salty as shit where things did not work out so the fact that like I've reduced the magic thing like once twice a week maybe depending on what's happening what's free it's been very healthy yeah. supplement that with like a couple of magic the gathering arenas because I'm actually enjoying that right now I found, I found a way to play it found the way that um I think arena
0: is probably the best way to experience the standard game right now yes
1: I think that is what's going to kind of bridge a big gap not to, the bridge finds plank ha, uh-huh. jokes but I think it's yeah it's it's a good way it's an easily accessible product the monetization of it is a little rough and trying to actually build a deck has been very rough I need for instance nine. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 rares. That's all I need now to finish the deck. Aside from, like, Shocklands, because, fuck, that'll never happen.
0: In a perfect world, that game will say, if you buy
1: a booster pack in real, you'll get a booster pack in the game. Like, yeah. Like, like, like a Pokemon does. So, yeah, they, they need, like, more supplemental things to kind of bridge the gap between paper and online. Sure, people can just sit, sit down and play online, but then... That's going to be a further incentive, incentive for people to actually go out, buy your product, go compete with real people because they've been playing online. They build a sweet deck. They want to take it to, with their friends because their friend plays at like the shop. Like, let's go there. Let's do that. And they buy a pack and it's like, oh, sweet. I can get a pack in the game when I get home. And sure, I went fucking one and three, but I had a good time. Like, there's a lot that they can do with it to bridge the gap. And I feel like they need to kind of address that. It's still an open beta, but like, uh, MPG Goldfish did a very good, uh, run down on it yeah they if you need a certain card you will get the, you need the wild cards and then you get vault progress so you get vault progress if you have a fifth copy of a card open in a pack um when that happens it goes to your vault your vault whenever that's full you get a percentage you open it up you get a couple you get one mythic rare and i think two rares that, like, of your choice, because you get the the wild card, which is good. I like the wild card system. But if you open, like, a mythic rare that you already have four of, it only contributes, like, just over 1% to the vote. Yeah. That's insane. The fact that, like, I need 13 rares to even get the thing, in order to do that, I need to open, at the very least, I think it takes eight packs to get a wild card rare. Mm-hmm. Or mythic rare. So I, I don't need Mythic Rares anymore. It could just be a rare, or a Mythic Rare, and I don't fucking use it. So I need to open to even play the deck before sideboard, 72 packs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: At the very least. To play it. That's rough. Mm-hmm. That's really rough.
0: I guess that's the consequence of having no singles, but could you really do a singles thing in that game? Would they, they definitely want a ape Hearthstone <clears throat> in the monetization. Yeah. The only thing about Hearthstone is that Because the meta is so wild and there's nine classes you need to build a meta for, as opposed to there's five colors and you can use any of them. Yeah. I feel as though... I feel as though the monetization is kind of the same, minus the, uh... Fuck, what am I trying to say here? The monetization is almost the same, except where in Magic you have this card pool that could always be used, but in, uh... Can only, oh, I can't even speak. You got this. Essentially, what I'm, all I'm trying to say are that uh, there's you You need to buy a lot of product in Hearthstone as well to actually get there. Yes. Unless you're willing to turf everything to get it.
1: That's the thing. You can turf things to get it.
0: You yes. can't do that in Magic Arena. Yeah. I don't know why, because there's definitely a lot of dump cards there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I can understand because everything can be used as a tool and you don't know what's going to pop out of the Magic Meta and you know what you're trying to look for in Hearthstone like you know what is objectively valuable in Hearthstone because Hearthstone games play the same yeah and there's no like interaction really
1: yeah so yeah that that's another big problem is i think if they up the wildcard count by a fair margin then you would get your like your, your value worth it just because you can't build a deck without spending hundreds of dollars which and that's the case. Why not just go play Paper Standard at that point? Yeah, um,
0: And you get the interaction as well.
1: Yeah. yeah, and then you can't sell off your stuff after the fact. Like, oh no, rotation happened. Ixalan's gone. I can't sell off my Ixalan collection now.
0: Which is why I think doing the best of both worlds and buy a pack, receive an online pack, or even doing, like, an event, of which, oh, have a ten dollar draft. You just get an extra pack. You play for prizing. Like, yeah. there's nothing stopping them from doing that, and you're they're still making money off of it. Yep. It's just now you have like rewards. Like, for example, heard me. You can even have incentive to be like, you keep your card pool in your draft. It's cheaper than just buying three packs outright. The only thing is, if you win, maybe you get a foil, like an automatic foil rare, or you get like. Maybe a portion of your deck to be foil or something. I don't know. Uh, Like, there's a lot of... in Arena? In Arena. Yeah. So,
1: that's that's all I've been doing is drafting. Yeah. Because you can... If you make three wins, then you get your draft fee back. Yes. So, I've just been going draft, 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 draft. I think I've did five drafts. I finally can't do a free draft. It took five drafts for me to not be able to do it. Because I I bought... Like, I had a gift card sitting around with, like, seven bucks on it. I bought the intro pack. It gives you 2,500 gems... And you need to spend fifteen hundred to do a draft. You get three packs, you keep the cards. Like yeah. they actually it's a the proper draft, you get to keep the cards and everything. And three wins, you get your prize back, and you get like three or four packs. Yeah. At which least, is great. At least they're doing
0: that right. Unless yeah. if you if you're interested in the best version of the game, which is a limited format, then you get a lot as an incentive to build standard. Yes. The, it's The unfortunate part is the amount of resources you need. Yeah. If yeah. you
1: want to play limited, Magic Arena is incredibly good. The value for it is insane. You can get your game... Like, as long as you know what to draft... By the way, draft Demir or Boris or you just lose... Then you fucking... You've got yourself your winnings back, essentially. It's amazing. That's the one thing I can definitely give a credit on. Is it knows it's limited... But the actual constructed side needs a lot of work. Because you just can't construct. See, I
0: think the game would
1: be amplified to
0: fucking 11... If they included the buy a pack get a pack in yes. uh, online, because if you draft in real, you can draft like if you draft the real. If you, it's almost like you just drafted in fake as well. Yeah. So like it's excellent.
1: Honestly, they need to do more crossover implementation. You buy a box, you get a you get a code. You buy uh, one of those like sealed deck things, you get a code. You buy like you play a draft. Maybe the store has like here's your draft code. You can do another draft at home. Like things like that. Like.
0: It's not like they're losing money out of it. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. It's digital content. You don't need to print anything. It's going to get more people incentivized to go out and actually do events, buy product in stores. It's going to help the scene grow. And on top of that, it's gonna help your video game grow. It's just it's just a win-win at that point.
0: I'd even accept a if you buy a pack, you get a code that gives you a third of a draft ticket or something. Yeah. And then you it's reduced so that say you buy a pack just off the cuff, or you uh, get a, like an off amount of packs for some reason. Like, say you bought four packs, and you drafted with one of them, and you have the other one extra. Like, you, you buy three packs, money's still going to Wizards, you have that extra pack, you're just paying a 1,000 coins instead of 1,500 coins yeah. to uh, play, play the draft, because you've got that one extra
1: pack. On top of that, like, if they did um, FNM promos, you get a promo, and here's your MPG Arena code. Like, you can redeem it for a wild card or something because you did well. Like I feel like the wild card, as opposed to just giving you the promo, would be really good. Yeah. Like, could you imagine... I would honestly, if they were like, here's a cast-down promo, like, just, I have one sitting there. Yeah. Or, here's an MTG Arena for, like, a wild card or even a couple gems. I'd be like, yeah, give me the gems.
0: And also, it kind of divides, like, the split. Like, oh, I would love the gems because it has financial value to me because I play the game. Yeah. And then all the other
1: guys are like, I just want the shiny promo. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like, it's legitimately, like, a... I want
1: to play paper while I want to play online. Yeah. There you go. I and, don't want this card because it's not going to do anything for the me. The
0: only way it doesn't work is if they print really, really good promos. Like, yeah. oh... Here is a foil Thalia, or you can get the equivalent in Magic Arena. Yeah. Obviously, you take the fucking
1: foil Thalia. Yeah, but like, like Opt and stuff. Opt the yeah, yeah. Fatal Push. Those promos were fucking amazing looking. And they were cards that were incredibly pushed in the format. So obviously you want those. But yeah. like the promos now, Sinister Sabotage, that's cool. I like it in the promo foil because it looks really hot. But if they're like Sinister Sabotage or 300 gems, give me the gems. Because I'm not going to use Sinister Sabotage. Yeah.
0: I feel like they need to the strike a middle ground of, like, compelling rares that do well in standard and maybe have an impact on modern. Not too much that, like, it outprices the MTG arena prizes. Yeah. Or, like, even for players that don't want to go into modern or that only play casually, the 300 gems goes a long way.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. like, that helped. Like, I think I need 400 gems right now in order to do another draft. Yeah. Which sucks because then you got that, like, you got that bullshit two currency system that... Every fucking game likes to do. But, if you're giving out small increments of those bonus gems to people who are actually competing, you have yourself an amazing crossover potential product. Yeah. Like, it's just perfect. That's unfortunate. Storm versus Tron. Oh, fuck. Well, that's unfortunate. I just want to, like, walk in and go... Here's a fucking oh my god dampening sphere, <laughs> bye. <laughs> just walk away. And then everyone looks like who gets it? <laughs> what the
0: fuck, what the fuck this fucks both of us. What? <laughs>
1: <clears throat> but yeah, like Magic: Green is fun. I if if anybody's on the fence of actually playing it, I do recommend dropping like the six bucks Canadian versus like five dollars American or something like that, whatever it is, to get your entry, like get the the starter bonus and just do drafts. Yeah. If you follow a draft guide or something like you can look at what a tier list is for drafting, just follow that, you're not going to do wrong. Just go. Like you you'll you'll have fun, you'll earn packs, you'll just like I went through 15 packs or something like that before I ended up mm-hmm. not being able to play. Yeah. <laughs> and they gave me five packs. So really I got 20 packs for I mean, 5 bucks. Yeah. That's great. That's fine. Sure. If I'm going to play that online, like I I've probably played like spend a hundred bucks on Hearthstone. Yeah, <clears throat> I like Magic more. Why not? I mean, yeah, let's you yeah, know. Yeah, I don't want to buy packs, but if there's like you know in a pack you might get some some fucking arena stuff, then like at a pre-release, I maybe take the packs instead of the uh, the the money. Who knows, right? Like I guess it all depends on what I'm building, but yeah. if I'm enjoying MTG Arena, yeah. Sure, I'll take the packs because I get some benefit at home.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think I think bridging that gap would uh, really heighten the value of the game, but that's just literally giving players packs. Yeah. Regardless, we're early overtime.
1: I've needed a piss since like twenty five minutes ago.
0: Any other closing thoughts besides the piss? Also, yes. that guy really fumbled on his goblin tokens. <laughs> Holy fuck! He just fucking like, dropped the whole lot of them. not have all of these goblins.
1: Um, also I love watching Tron fumble, like, like, can, can, can they, can they do anything? Can they fuck this up live? Untap? Draw? Next game? Oh, <gasps> no, they got Tron. Uh-oh. What's it gonna be? We're is doing it... it live. We're doing it live. Oh, it's Caleb Shear. That's another name I recognize. He always plays Storm. He actually, SCG has a Storm token of him. Uh, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? I fucking... What is he doing?
0: Uh, he's fishing know. for something and I don't know if yep, what he needs is cause he could still take a turn worth of damage if the guy doesn't storm off
1: yeah but like 2, 4, that's 12 damage 6, he's stirring 3, 4, 5 uh, uh again alright that, that'll save him if he stays alive next turn this is all just bullshit bonus contas at this point. I'll put the fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Classic. The end music actually is already gone by this point. Let's, let's be honest. All right. So, boy with Tron still
0: thinking real hard. I can't see exactly what's in his hand, but nothing. Oh, oh, playing another spear. Cashing
1: in. He's cashing it in. Yeah, get a green. What are you looking for? Worm Coil. Yeah, five mana, though. Too bad he fucked that up. Yeah. I mean, I guess he wouldn't really fuck it up. He had no choice. He He's counting damage right now. Yeah, he can survive this turn.
0: I think uh, Tron's uh, a little butst. He has a green mana, but what is he going to use it for? He's only got
1: two cards in hand for Storm.
0: See, I'm fully believing that unless Storm top decks, he's uh, he's fine. He just needs to play shit.
1: He's going to Sylvan Scry. Probably get himself another tower. Well, if he gets himself little tower, he has like six mana. Yep, got a tower. He, I don't think he can play, because he played his lamp to get Tron this turn. But next turn, he'll have... Oh, Relic? Okay.
0: So he's prepping for the Storm, which is fine, but he's also getting hit for at least 12 damage. Yeah. Swing in
1: tons.
0: And at this point, Worm Coil doesn't matter. It looks like he has two lands in hand. Storm has two lands in hand. That's unfortunate for him.
1: Actually, yeah, if he just goes Ugin minus, I think he just wins. Wow, that took a turn for the fucking worst for that guy.
0: He plays his towers, so he's a lot of mana. He's playing Ugin. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh, he counters it. it's the scoop. All right, I oh didn't see what Lord. that
1: card was. That was yeah, unfortunate. that's um, unsubstantiated, I think, or something like that. Like put it back in your hand. Fucking beautiful. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Fuck <That's> Trump. <Tron>. <laughs>